Hello. This is Africa Investing Stories. It's my solo podcast, my first one. It's about investment. And I am your host, Simon Rushton. Now, for those who don't know, I lived in Kenya for some considerable time. And these solo podcasts will be me telling you the stories, the many incidents and enlightening experiences I've had during that time. But today I want to tell you about the company you keep when investing. Now I went to Kenya and I decided I'm going to invest in infrastructure, housing, property. I'm a qualified site manager. I have my Bachelor of Science in construction management and I have 10 years commercial experience working on building sites from quarter of a million to 40 million pounds. So I kind of know what I'm doing. Anyway, I was in Kenya and I was introduced to a guy, an architect. Let's call him Joe. And Joe decides one day that he wants me to come with him to a place called Samburu. Now, for those who are not Kenyans or not familiar with Kenyan landscape, there's a section of Kenya, it's about a third of the size, which is like no man's land. You've got nomads, you've got kind of, um, you could call them warlords, you've got bandits. It's kind of like real Indiana Jones territory. To me, it's the ideal adventure, which I love. So I'm happy to go up there. But nobody told me this place was like that. So this Joe has decided he wants me to come with him to this place, Sambul. He wants me to come with him because his client has a hotel and he is of that tribe, Sambul. And he has a hotel up there and he wants to build another one. So early hours of the morning, we get in this nice four by four. It's worth five or six million Kenya shillings, which is like $60,000. Yeah, it's usually one million to, one million to um, shillings to $10,000. So that's a fair ratio. Anyway, so we're going, we're getting in the car. I'm in the passenger street seat as a navigator. My friend is driving and this guy's sitting in the back. Now, Joe has told me that you're going to see the real desert of Africa. And, you know, it's really going to be fascinating. Keep in mind I've been in the military for some time. So I've seen enough of the world, not all, but I've seen a good percentage of different kind of landscapes. So anyway, we start off this journey early hours of the morning. We're driving along this long tarmac road. It's actually quite nice and smooth because the Turkish have just finished laying it. But then suddenly the road goes into gravel. But because we've got this latest 
4x4 SUV for you Yankees out there. You've got these big special tyres and the ride's a bit rough, but you're still kind of gliding. Over to the left and over to the right is desert. I mean, it's kind of flat, like really flat, but it's got these big kind of gravel, whether they're limestone or whatever stones. And it goes on for miles, as far as the eye can see. And in the distance, these mountains pop up out the ground in a far distance either side and just peak the sky. And the, and the sky is really clear sky blue, not a cloud in the sky. The sun is beating down. So we're driving along as this road's turned to gravel. The dust is flicking up and those little chips, but... We're okay, you know, everything's going along. But I noticed there's a big crack across the windscreen. Not a good look, especially if you're going into untold, uncharted territory, let's say. Not every man every day comes in. So the first story I'm told is this guy points out a hilltop. He said, oh, there's a cross up there because to Mazungus, and Mazungu was killed. Mazungu meaning foreigner. Some people say it's white man, other people say it's just foreigner. But I'd stick with foreigner because I've been called a Mazungu many a time when I was there. So they said, yes, he was killed by, you could say, some locals, some nomads, some people who came over from Sudan or, or then, was it Uganda or something like that. It's a whole mix because the tribes fight amongst themselves at times and then you have um, different tribes, different countries, and you have bandits. So it's all a real big kind of adventure and concoction. And what I was told, what the Kenyan government does is just give the local tribes weapons to kind of police themselves and protect the border because it's much more easier than rather getting involved yourself because when the tribes start fighting, you can't really split them up. They're just going at it, and it's usually over a cow's been stolen because another man wants to marry his other, wants to marry some women. He hasn't got any cows, so he goes and kills another man and takes some cows. And I like this stuff. I really, really like this stuff because it's like back to basics, you know. The strongest man wins and all that kind of real macho, yeah, prove yourself to get the woman kind of thing. Right down my alley. But anyway, back to the story. So we're driving along. <coughs> we're driving along, excuse me. We're driving along this vehicle, along this road. And the bits are flicking up and all this stuff. So he's pointed out where the dead person was. Mazungu and the cross they put up there to honour his death and all those kind of things. And as we're going by, I'm seeing these vehicles go by. These kind of, they're like a coach for what we'd call in England. <laughs> it's like a coach, but it's like souped up with these really big off-wheel roads that look like they're really really hard to pop and they can take a hammer in anyway these coaches or buses if you want to if you're kenyan are flying past us now keep in mind we're probably doing 60 70 but these 
buses are flying past us so fast, it looks like they're levitating. But anyway, as we're going further on, we don't really see any buses. So, okay. And then I saw this caravan of camels in the distance. And <coughs> then I saw these caravan of camels in the distance. It must be 100 to 150 camels walking along this gravel path by themselves. And if you anybody's seen camels in real life, they have this kind of diva kind of excuse the term, but shit don't stink attitude. So they walk and they move their head and like, mm. so I said to my friend, stop the car, let me get out, take a picture of me camel these with these camels. But the camels are all like good hundred meter plus away. But they're kind of walking kind of single file kind of paired up a bit. And as they were walking close, you got this good picture of the, it's like a real scenic with the camels and the, and the desert and the mountains that peak the sky and the sun was blazing down. And it's like something like Lance of Olivier kind of thing, if you have said that right, um, kind of scene. So as he's taking more and more photos, I think, all right, let me get back in the car now. And the camels come up closer and suddenly, out out of the camels popped out this man and he's like he's somali i think they they call them somali kenyans so basically reason why they call somali kenyans because they're somalians who live in kenya but originally if you go back in history it was actually their land the british got conquered by the ethiopians they worked out a whole battalion the ethiopians of the british so the Britons formed kenya out of somali Tanzania and some other, I think Uganda, but they weren't even countries themselves then. They just formed it as a whole to kind of create some borderline to protect themselves. You know, it's all tribes and all the other things. But anyway, so this man, he's Somali looking. He's got his little beard. He's tall. He's got a, he's got a big staff like Moses with a big notch on the end where you can see you kind of whack some people, whack the camels. So he wasn't happy, and he came out and he kind of swinging his star, blah blah blah, wazungu, blah blah blah, this kind of thing. So my friend said, just gave him some money. Suddenly his whole demeanor changed, and he decided I'm his best friend, therefore I should get a hug. And he starts to play with my beard. So I'm kind of not sure what to do because I don't want to piss off the man who might kill me and leave me in the desert. <laughs> So my friends start to take photos and the man's really happy. But the camels keep on walking on because they ain't stopping for nobody. They're like, hey, boo ain't doing none of that kind of that kind of attitude. So they're walking on. So as we come to the rear of uh, the rear of the camels are coming up to us, out pops this other man that he's got an AK-47. It's a assault rifle for those who don't know, Russian. Russian made and it's very reliable probably the most reliable rifle we there's ever been made made to man and he's not happy he's got the old DPM jacket like the kind of bin Laden war the old British style he's got some boots and I can't remember what kind of trousers he's wearing but his eyes are red it's like they're really really red and he's got kind of some big beard and kind of short hair and he's not happy. 
And the first thing he done is swinging his weapon, pointing at us, shouting, blah, 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 all this kind of thing. So I'm thinking, this isn't going to end nicely. I'm waiting for my friend to give him some money, but he doesn't. I don't know why, but he doesn't. So I think, well, it's time to go. So I go to get in the car. I said, Joe, time to go get in the car. Joe looks like he wants to have a debate with him. I'm sitting in the car. The other uh, the owner of the hotel sitting in the back. So he winds down the window. So he's leaning forward to talk to this man. Well, this man is swinging his weapon, getting ready to raise his weapon to um, like he's going to spray the car. I'm in the car and this car ain't bulletproof. So I'm not really looking. So I'm shouting at Joe, Joe, get in the car. It's time to go. <laughs> yeah. Joe finally gets in the car. So he starts to drive away slowly. I look at Joe. I said, Joe, you do realize AK-47 has an effective range 300 to 400 meters, depending on the wind capability and many other little factors. Floor it. So he floors it. Now, later on, I found out that the guy in the back, yeah, well, first of all, I, on another, just fast forward to another journey I took. This other journey I took, I met a medic, a nurse. He's a man, he's a nurse. And he was saying how dealing with people in that area, you've got to be very careful because they don't understand relig religion and they're not educated. So they'd rather kill you than argue with you if you upset them. It kind of sounds like some other groups of people I've met on this planet. He says, so when you're talking to them, you have to look in their eyes and see how they're interpreting things. Because if you don't pay attention, it could be the end of you. Now, back to the car. As we're driving away, before we drove away, I said to how the, rear, the guy in the back was leaning forward as he went out the window. And I didn't know he was just about to kill him because he assumed that this guy's going to start shooting at us. So he had some handgun of some sort. I didn't really notice what kind. But he was just had it cocked quietly. I was just going to lean out the window and go, pop, pop. They kill him dead and we drive off. But the funny thing was, as this man in the green jacket turned up, yeah, in the uh, military jacket turned up and he's shouting, getting upset. My new best friend, the other Somali guy, ran off and left me. <laughs> he went and joined the front of the camels. Yeah. But what I did learn from that is, if you're ever walking with camels, walk in between them because they shade you from the sun. So you can walk in a midday hot sun like mad men and Englishmen, mad dogs and Englishmen, and you're okay, you're good to go, because that's what they do. That's why you never see them until it's too late, and they pop out on you, that kind of thing. So anyway, as you know, as you're aware, I'm still here today, so we got away. We finally get up to this place, and in the morning when we're in the hotel, we're getting ready to go, Joe turns around to me and says, I didn't think we'd make it, you know. I said, what are you talking about? He said, well, last week, a coach was going up there and it got stopped by some locals and they pulled, got everybody off the bus and everybody who wasn't Christian, sorry, Muslim, 
and couldn't say a certain prayer was killed so i'm like okay and then i register you put me up here and you didn't tell me any of this <laughs> you didn't tell me nada that one little thing and then he has the audacity to turn around and said that's why i asked you to come up here because i knew you were ex-military so you'd know what to do i only know what to do or have some precautions if i know what's going on but if i don't i'm not much use <laughs> prevention's better than cure but what i learned from that is not everything that off people offer you you should take because everybody can have an ulterior motive and unless you need to do something sometimes it's better to keep your ass at home but to be honest me being me i'll probably go out there again <laughs> because i'm built like that because that's who i am and i got some phenomenal pictures they're on my facebook and i believe that somali guy i mean the camels is on one of these um actually it'll be on the front cover of this episode me and my best friend who left me for dead when his mate turned up or brother or whatever he was <laughs> but that is just one of my little investor stories it's not about money obviously it's just about understanding the culture, understanding the people, and seeing what they affect. Remember, this is just a real story that's happened. This is not all Kenyans, and it's not all Samburu's tribe. It's just a story that happened, and I'm telling you it. I hope this story was entertaining, and feel free to leave your comments in the bit below. There's a link for email comments that I will happily read. Please make it constructive if you're not happy. Don't just, anyway, I won't even get into all that. And feel free to like my, follow us and like my social media pages. pages sorry. Anyway, good night.